episode ready to go They're gonna talk about the good and the trash and anything in between Cherishing make-believe, get ready for Halloween, it's the horror show I know you miss those guys, tune in and find out what's on their list tonight They butcher and dissect, take apart and mutilate Listen to your two favorite brainiacs communicate It's the horror show Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Horror Show. Show it dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not so favorite horror movies and other horror related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? It's weird to say that <laughs> when we're right next to each other. We've been out in, we're here in Tampa. By the time this airs, we would have already done our live show. It was huge. Thank you. It was. <laughs> Fantastic. Thanks for showing up. It was amazing. Thank you all. Uh, but we're in Ybor yeah. tonight. Yes. I got a little drunk. I'm feeling good. We found our spots. We scouted our post-show locations. Uh, and they're going to be the castle, guys. <laughs> looks wild. There will be a castle freak in there. For <laughs> Dude, sure. there, there is a place called the castle that is like... I don't know. People are getting whipped on stage there. It is. There's many OSHA violations <laughs> for sure. <laughs> the cleanup must be disgusting. Yeah, it stinks in there. Worse than a, <laughs> worse than a fucking porno theater. Worse than a fucking porno theater. Um, but we've been up since 4 a.m. And yeah, we're here to do the exorcist just to keep up with our schedule. So Live from the hotel room. So live- if you're watching on camera... It, looks nuts doesn't it yeah it looks it looks like a fucking shoot interview slash porn sitting in the hotel cuck chair joe's got the hotel cuck chair i got the hotel office chair which isn't much better than the cuck chair (laughs) just moves around too much for the cuck to really enjoy this is more the sex this now we they got the watches and the how do i turn the watch off theater mode probably right um but we're doing so perfect timing for us to do the exorcist in these conditions. <laughs> One of the most <laughs> is it the best movie we've ever done? Oh, wow! I, I mean, we've done Jaws, that's true. We've done the thing, this is way better than Jaws. The thing, <laughs> the thing, the Jaws, dude, come on, come on, <laughs> Jaws fucking stinks. Um, except Jaws 5, which was the one where they filed Michael Caine to the bomb. That was the fourth one. That's the best one. <laughs> Vengeful shark. Uh, what, what, um, what were we saying? You're asking if this was the best one that we've ever did. Oh, yeah, and you you said one. So the thing, oh, the, thing, Dawn of the, the Dead. thing is really good. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead is good. But, like, in terms of, like, a film. Oh, you... I mean, yeah, those other ones still count. Those don't <laughs> count. Like, this this is a movie that transcends the genre. It does. It, it does. Um, I don't know if I want to say it now or not. But, yes, like, in terms of filmmaking, this is a masterpiece. In terms of acting, masterpiece, screenwriting. Like, I, I think this is a perfect movie. It really is. You're, you're I, I, don't, on it? I don't watch this every year like you do. So this was like a fresh rewatch for me. And it was like, it's amazing. It's fucking amazing. Every character in it, every actor in it, there's never a moment where you're like, they're acting. 
Maybe Linda Blair for a minute, but that's because kid actors are just the fucking worst no matter what. But even she's doing a very She's doing good. good. She's doing great. Actor, yeah. But some of the things that she says, which I know it's like an overdub, it's it's like an adult yeah, saying it. Yeah. But still, seeing it come out of that child's mouth. It's crazy. And like I, like you said, I, I watch this every year and still every time I hear some of it, you're like, I need to like go to confession or something. <laughs> this is this is wild. And and I, it's no secret. I grew up like really Catholic. I come from a really Catholic yes. family. I, I don't know if the exorcist is as, as impactful to people that never grew up with religion or like don't fear God, don't fear go, going to hell or, or something like that. Um, but for me, like this is like super impactful. There are a lot of articles and studies on how the exorcist impacted people at that time. And it was crazy. It made non-believers believers. It question. It made Catholics like non-practicing be like, "Holy shit! Like, <laughs> yeah. I need to like get my fucking life together." It made people that like did it as a kid and didn't at that time be like, "No, like this is like this is what I was told to be afraid of." Yeah. And so there's there's some interesting articles about that um, and how it impacted like theology and religion at the time interesting because i know it was like divided too because uh william peter blatty was very religious he's the one that wrote the the story the exorcist yeah and he went to georgetown he had like actual priests on set yeah give advice and like oversee the production and all that yeah yeah and that said the churches weren't thrilled with (laughs) they they didn't love it well but it was divided though because some did some were like this is this is good for business. Yeah, because this is good for the business. I mean, I mean, at its core, yeah, at its core, it's actually not like a horror movie. At its core, it's it's a faith driven movie because it's about this guy who's struggling with faith and then, like he gets it back at the end. I had a note about that where this book because this was okay. So William Peter Brad Bat Batty Batty Blatty yeah. writes the book first. Also, how many people are like? writers and then adapt them into screenplays like not many i feel like but he is a guy that does it he just writes a book and then adapts it for the screen really well yeah because he did with exorcist 3 too yeah um but you don't you don't see that a lot but i had a thing in here i forget i'll come to it but that is that is a i wish i could find it sorry um anyway it's an interesting it's an interesting thing for him to be religious and write this and then and then William Friedkin is not religious, right? Uh, I don't know if I looked anything up about his He's definitely became agnostic. But then what well, well we talked about this at the bar a little bit tonight. <laughs> he He's also quoted as saying after this movie that he's like I believe in the, this like movie's God cursed. and the devil yeah. and the curses. Now. Yes, but then now he's like, well, I don't know. I'm just <laughs> yeah, because people, you know, people were like getting sick and people were getting injured and like the production took longer than they wanted. And he, he he's on record saying that he thinks it was cursed because they were making a movie about the devil. Yeah, which is- uh, which which if you look into how this movie was made, uh, th- th- that is not. Th- it's actually very easily explained why why these things were <laughs> and happening. It's him. It's yeah, him. it's all him. Yeah, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> May he rest in peace. But, it was yeah, almost was a year shooting. It was two over 200 days of shooting. 
which is crazy. There is a guy, so so there is scenes, well, let me backtrack. So they were recording, Sean told me, it was like a, a freezer, like a legitimate freezer. Oh, yeah, yeah. They used so, a refrigerated room. A refrigerated room. So it wasn't just like lowering the temperature of the room, oh. cranking up the AC. It was, it was a fridge. Like people were getting <laughs> sick from being in that room. And he was making people do these shots over and over and over again. And people that were working on it, there's one person, he did not have a big role, but he said that he was there for one day of shooting and they did the same take like 300 times that day. And he called, he got like, he got sick afterwards. So he missed two days of shooting and came back to the set and they were still shooting the same scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he was just like very meticulous and just making them do take after take after take in these terrible conditions. Which is bizarre because some of the things he went one take with. Right. And it was always the ones that he hurt somebody like severely on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah that seems good. Yeah, he knew, he knew. He's like, we gotta... We'll get past this. Yeah. Can't we dwell just, on this one. We just broke Linda Blair's back. She's 11 years old. Broke her spine. That's a good take. Use that. Use that one. So it's really bizarre the way he made this movie. But uh, you did a William Friedkin tribute recently. I did. To Live and Die in L.A. How was, was it? That movie. Have you seen it? No. Dude, that movie should be talked about and watched way more than really? it is. Dude, it is phenomenal. He also did the French Connection. Yeah, he did Blue Chips. He did do Blue Chips, <laughs> which is Shaquille O'Neal, dude. At the hype of Shack Attack, the hype of Shack Attack, hype of basketball movies. Yeah, the, the, the Arab there with Kevin Bacon. I remember Space Jam. I remember that that was like Blue Chips was a big deal at the time. Blue Chips was big, and Nolte Nick coming Nolte. off of like the it's DUI twentieth like DUI. Yeah. <laughs> Is Nick Nolte the reason we have stricter DUI laws? Possibly. Because <laughs> I feel like it was constantly with that guy. Um, they exceeded the initial budget by a lot. Uh, the initial budget wasn't supposed to be that much. I think it was supposed to be... It went $2.5 over budget. Which is a lot of money. And it was a $12 million, So it ended up with a $12 million budget. It's 1973. Yeah. It's something insane... If you if you do the the inflation, oh wait no it's twelve with inflation sorry okay so I think it was supposed to be like oh yeah it was like four point two I don't know inflation makes no sense I completely agree <laughs> fucking bullshit actually the concept of money doesn't but that's a different, that's a different hey, topic listen let's get those bitcoins <laughs> throw us your bitcoins if you got them I think they're useless now but they what they most definitely are. <laughs> I don't want to get on anyone's bad side, though. Um, all right. So you got William Friedkin directing, mm -hmm. William Peter Blatty writing the story and the screenplay. And then he'll go on to do the third one. He skips the second one, which we're doing next week, which seems like it might be a fucking nightmare. She has, she's back. Reagan's back. And <laughs> she might have psychic powers. That's so stupid. That's so stupid. Um, uh, and back to freaking, uh, he manipulated the actors to get genuine reactions. So he would hit them, slap them, strike yeah. them across the face yeah. to get including, them shocked, including the priests. So like, I read that, uh, like the Catholic church is very upset to learn that their priests were being physically assaulted. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, it, and it wasn't even for that much. Dude, and one time he fired blanks without warning. Yes. Fired <laughs> Which, like, they still make the fucking explosion. It's, oh, it's a it's fucking a bullet. Yeah, it's, it's a, a gunshot. 
<laughs> firing a gunshot in front of people so they're shaking. Which, as we know, with the crow and Alec Baldwin, it's, uh, it's not thing. a good idea. You can't just Don't assume. fuck around yeah. with blanks. Um, and uh, he also told uh, Miller that the vomit, uh, which was porridge colored green, uh, he's like, "Don't worry, it's just gonna hit you in the chest." So that way, when it hit him in the fucking face, like a fucking. I mean that—that's actually genius. That's not because that's a great reaction the, the guy dude, has. His reaction is crazy. I mean, I mean, listen. In hindsight, everything he did is fucking cruel, right? Yeah. But but in terms of the art, like he he accomplished what he set out for. Because he did. these guys, like, oh, it's yeah. I'm not. I mean, I'm sure they're reactions. good actors, but those reactions, like, that seems very genuine. That this guy man just got barfed on. It's also interesting because when you watch interviews with freaking, he is awesome. He seems like a great he does, guy. Yeah. He he is like, and he's so like, he seems so down to earth. And he just like shits on these like pretentious actors being like, why the fuck do you need that? But then at the same time, he's like doing this on the exorcist. <laughs> and you're like, all right, man, like take it fucking easy. He's so mad at what Al Pacino or one of those fucking guys. He's like, that guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> Let me work with Tommy Lee Jones all day. <laughs> no, dude, he's real mad at uh, Oliver Stone for saying DVDs won't last long. Dude, he's mad at so many people. <laughs> no, because he's also mad. Yeah, he did a movie Pacino. With yeah, Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. And yeah, Al Pacino's in it. He's like, fuck Al Pacino. He's fucking nobody. Because <laughs> Al Pacino, because Tommy Lee Jones prepped better. Yes. For, for the role. <laughs> and he was fucking hot about it. <laughs> he's he's kind of a lunatic, and I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of changes, and but like even Blatty, who was like didn't agree totally with Friedkin's view on the show on the movie, was occasionally quoted as being like, "He proved me wrong again." Yeah. Like he kept being like, "No." It, it worked, and I was fucking wrong. And this guy might be, like, a fucking genius. Yeah. Um, so 200 days to film there. Injuries to the cast. You got Reagan breaking her cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-cock-c
liking it to William Castle's elaborate marketing gimmicks, like thinking it would hype it up, but I don't think it would. I think people would be like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I think people just saw it and were like, yeah. I mean, it had an immediate re- like reaction. People were like very upset yeah. or loved it. Yeah. She believes most of the aspects of the curse are really just the result of Freakin's driving and relentless production, <laughs> which I love. I love. And uh, Exorcist holding box box office records for years as the highest grossing. Um, it was the top gr- top grossing R-rated horror film for almost half a century before The Sixth Sense beat it out. Wow. Yeah. And then It took the honor in 2017, which is kind of nuts. How did It? It took it, yeah. I mean, it, I mean you, you remember the hype for It. Yeah. On both charts, the I mean, we went together, I think. We did, with the, yeah. Uh, on both charts, The Exorcist, along with The Blair Witch Project, are the only 20th century releases in the top 10. Wow. So, pretty fucking cool there. Um, there's two versions. There's a director's cut, and then there's a regular cut. Joe watched the regular cut. I watched 95% of the director's cut. I've seen the director's cut. The yeah, end it's not scene, much. The end scene uh, is a little different. It has the spider walk scene. And the spider walk, which is... Fine. It's fine. Did you know that's not like CGI? Well, yeah, it's 1973. <laughs> well, I thought it was a little bit of like uh, when I re- when it got released, it was like a big deal when they released that footage, and I thought it was a little bit of like a what you call it, like a George Lucas. Lucas okay, like that's he, fair. he like CGI and fucking aliens the yeah, dancing yeah, at the I, fucking but, bar. Listen, listen, listen. I just rewatched like the original cuts of the Star Wars. Like that alien, I forgot that that alien band was actually in there. So George, yes. because because I, I knew that it's in the reaction yeah. one, but George saw that and was like, of all things I need to fix. I need a dance. It, need, it needs to be this and have the, the one like hit <laughs> that high note, you know, like <laughs> what? He's a fucking asshole. <laughs> he is an asshole. <laughs> Like, there's a million things you could fix in that movie. That's that's not the thing. Um, all right. So, what where are we at with time here? Because I was debating how to do this episode because there's a lot to talk about. Want to do a quick uh, cast run through? We could do a cast run through. What are? But what are? You, before we do that. Oh, that I found that thing that we were talking about at the beginning related to William Peter Blatty. My question was going to be because we were talking about how you you said like this isn't a horror movie; it's kind of like a religious right like film. And that was my question when I wrote it down, where I was like, was the novel even intended to be horror, or was it more of like a drama set in this religious world that happened to have an exorcism. Yeah, I think it's more of that. That's what I would feel like. Because really, when you watch this movie, that's... It is a horror, but it's it's kind of not. It's it's this, like, dramatic telling. Like, Father Karras's story is... That's the thing. It has multiple story arcs, and all of them yeah. somehow work perfectly. Yeah. But if you view Karras as, like, the main character instead of Reagan, it's a completely different movie. Yeah. Whereas if you view it just about Reagan, it's a dramatic then, yeah, film. If, if it's just about Reagan, then yeah, it's a horror movie. If yeah. it's about Karras, then no, it's not. And it's blended so well between all of those little story arcs that it's, oh, it's, per- yeah. it's awesome. It's masterful. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so before we get to the cast, early memory of the movie. Yeah, so I saw it as a kid, and like you know, I come from a very religious house, which my parents didn't let me watch 
a lot of like gory stuff. So the fact that I got to see this as a kid is actually kind of baffling now. But, uh, anyway, yeah, scared, it scared the fucking shit out of me. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've told this story on the show. My dad showed it to me pretty fucking young. I can't even tell you what age I was. Maybe elementary school. Maybe middle. No, it had to be in elementary school. And then I. I don't want to say it, like, terrified me, like, the people in the 70s. Because, like, like, again, it was, like, the period of, like, Jaws and shit where people, like, I don't know, everyone was fucking dumb, I guess, and just saw movies and were, like, lost <laughs> their fucking minds. Because that's what happened. People were, like, fainting at this. Which, that wasn't it, but, like, I definitely was unsettled as a kid. Yeah. And then my dad, immediately after showing it to me, was like, check this out. And then my family, my, my sisters and mom were at home. And he put on the vinyl of Tubular Bells. Which, yeah, why my, my Goldfield. Why yeah. do you fucking own that? It's a good prop rock. It's a good prop rock album. Oh, is yes, it? it is. Puts that on and just like blares it through the house. And I was like, huh. The, like, That's, and I had to go to bed after that. <laughs> I was like, okay. Does your dad still listen? I don't know. Tell, tell don't... him to call in. Now. I've got some explaining to do. It was just so insane. I was like, oh, because like if I wasn't scared then, I I definitely was after the song played. Yeah, blaring in the house. Let's talk. I'm glad you brought up the song. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Do you do you like that song? Oh or, yeah. Do you think it's like in the upper echelon of horror themes? Absolutely. Absolutely right. But you know what I thought of while watching it today? It's so weird because it's it's so iconic. But like the the Friday the Thirteenth score or the Halloween score, mm-hmm. it plays. When the killers are like on the scene, yeah, uh, you know, you know, like you know, evil is lurking. Whereas Tubular Bells just plays when Ellen's walking on the fucking sidewalk, and I fucking love it. And it plays again at the end credits. It it it, it plays at calmer moments, yeah, building up to. So it doesn't like what signify, yeah. It doesn't. It's not. It's not present when evil's present, no, or, or dangerous present. It's just there. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's almost like the ominous, like, like get ready, like sound. I, I, I noticed that I thought it was I thought it was interesting and I thought I I actually the way they use sound in this is super interesting because the the dialogue is like really low and like abrasive noises are super high that fucking x-ray scene is like the loudest scene in the movie Dude. It's also like the scariest scene in the movie. That scene, what, what is it's it called? Disgusting. Like the, the, the ex, it's not an echocardiogram. It's like it's anio. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, but it's 1973, so we don't. They don't have the luxuries we have today. So we watch them shove something Dude. into this girl and then manually pump the blood out, and it's disgusting. And people verified that that was how it was done yeah. back then, and. It also was noted that everyone that watched The Exorcist, like in test screenings, was like, that's the worst scene in the movie. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fucking vile. It looked like they were doing it to Ray. But imagine making a movie about, like, which is a vile movie, and everyone's like, hey, that one scene <laughs> that you probably don't even need in the fucking movie at you all. You for sure don't need that. <laughs> is the worst scene that you, you for sure think. don't need. That. Which is an artistic choice, I think, to be like, the horrors of the real world, you know what I mean? Yeah, again, not necessarily a horror movie, is it? Right, like a kind of little artsy. bit artsy, a little yeah. artsy there. Um, all right, give me a rundown of this cast, because it's oh, yeah. it's a got? big cast. Who man. we got? Well, we already talked about... You got Max von Sydow looking young as hell. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> motherfucker. It's I mean, he was in Ingmar Bergman films before yes. this. He's been in movies 
this is 73, so he's already he's already like a 25-year vet, right? Yes. He, like he's prominent in the 50s and 60s. Uh, he looks old as balls here. Some it's, of it was makeup. Some of it was makeup. That's fine. But, but we've was, seen him in other movies. The same thing. Yeah, we've seen him in other movies from the 70s, and he looked just as old. Uh, this motherfucker died three years ago. He died three years ago. And, like, yeah, again, he had makeup on this movie. He looked very close to death at the time of filming this. Dude, he looked old as shit. He, and I think he was still in his 40s. Uh, was he? I think he was born, like, 27. So, I, yeah, nuts. yeah. So he's almost 100 years old when he died. Yeah. What a Wild. guy. All right. Good for Max. Legend. We had Ellen Burstyn as uh, Chris McNeil. She's back for the new one because we need Reagan's mom back. Yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> why? I'm so excited that we're doing that for the show. That's going to be great. That's going to be great. I, I don't think the movie's going to be great, but I'm very excited to... Listen, I listen. I want it to be good. I, I want to be clear. I, I want this to surprise me. I just have a, I have a hunch, sneaking suspicion. I have a sneaking suspicion. I'm not gonna like it very much. <laughs> but hey, prove me wrong. I think they're gonna be doing some weird stuff with this. I don't know what they're gonna do with will, the religious. Will aspect. Reagan? Will Reagan get possessed again? No. Dude, a fucking sixty-year-old <laughs> freaking shows back up, starts jerking her around again, <laughs> breaking her back again. Well, freaking's dead, so she's safe. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, both of them have. They still claim to have lasting pain and injuries. From I'm sure they do. I'm. Uh, there's no doubt. <laughs> All right, what else? Oh, uh, we got Lee J. Cobb, who. He, he's the Virginian, as I'm sure you know. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> Anyone, like the anyone second main with character. a weird dad that made him watch TV shows and movies from the 19 fucking 50s and 40s will know the Virginian. Yeah. Yeah. It's a classic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He's also 12 Angry Men. That's, that's what I know him from. But I just want to talk about his character because he's the, the police detective. That guy's is the He, dude, listen, I, he might be my favorite character in this entire movie. It, every time he's on scene, he is kind of comic relief like <laughs> he's making is he making jokes or is he just I, a dick? <laughs> I think he's just a, I think we're supposed to think he's sly I think he's supposed to be a sly guy dude when he's like the when we're introduced to him he's talking to father Karras and he's like so what do you think about witchcraft and he's like I wrote a paper on it. And he's like, oh, did you? And Father Karras is like, yeah, I did. And he's like, I know. <laughs> I read it. <laughs> the fuck? Dude, I read the whole hey, thing. Slick Wait, move, dude. He, he is literally the most useless detective in, in cinema history. He di This man solves nothing. And he is present during the entire film. He, he is downstairs for most of like the events, which I know he can't be in the room during the actual exorcism, but this man does nothing. And then at the end... At the end, after everything is wrapped up, he just like walks up into the room and like the shot is on him, like he's the hero, and he's just like looking at yeah. the, the leftover evidence, being like, "Well, I guess this solves that." <laughs> My work here is done. He didn't uh, fucking do anything. Another case solved <laughs> by, by Lieutenant William Kinderman. <laughs> and what's crazy is in the director's cut, he's he has a prominent role in that ending. Yeah, because he has the medallion, right? Or him and Father Dreyer, or whatever the fuck his name, Dyer. 
him and Father Dyer like go away hand in hand, becoming buddies. <laughs> Yo, that's right. It's like a buddy guy. Yeah. Like, like, oh, thank God we made it through this. They, you they two even had dialogue together. <laughs> Dude, the two true heroes of the movie are dead, <laughs> and those two walk away like they they <laughs> fix the world. <laughs> they 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 rid the world. The, of the lights fade out on them. Walking <laughs> they walk away like hand in hand, being like, "Another job well done." <laughs> For the priest that wasn't there and the cop that sat downstairs <laughs> twiddling his thumbs. And his, dude, his mustache is the most Hall of Fame detective mustache ever. Really? He's honestly my favorite character it in this really. movie. I also loved when he shows up. I'm, I'm ruining every scene with him in it. But they honestly blew my mind every time he was on the screen. He shows up to Reagan's house to talk about the dead guy. and uh, And is like... I actually don't know what he says. He's basically like, the only person that could have done it is Reagan. But then he's like, but that's silly. So I think a guy came in, killed him, and pushed him out of Reagan's window while she was sleeping. <laughs> that's his conclusion. And the mom's like, well, that would be nuts. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> that's that's all. That's, he's like, well, got to go. Uh, I'll that's, talk to Reagan That's later. the thing. Because he's like, he, he's... Like everything he says, he's being facetious, but I, like I don't know if anybody he's talking to realizes that. Yeah, because he's exhausting. <laughs> like, just fucking talk to him straight. He dude, he found probable evidence at the at the bottom of the stairs. He finds that clay thing yeah. that Reagan made for her, her mom, indicating yeah. that Reagan killed this man. But yeah, he's definitely inside. Yeah, and he, the detective picks it up and then goes in and is like. Well, guess He's like, we'll never did she know. make these clay things? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, that's cool. Like, you, <laughs> like, you, you, have, you now have, like, the most probable cause you'll, you'll ever get that she was involved. You could probably do something here. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris puts it to – her mom puts it together before the cop does. Later she confesses like, to the priest. <laughs> later she's like, fucking Reagan killed that guy. <laughs> like, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which again, I think the cop did put it together, but for some reason, is just fucking dragging his feet and yeah, that's being true. He, he was just like, <laughs> he was like, "I'll talk to her when she wakes up." <laughs> what a what a character, man! What a character! <laughs> what a character! Is right. And uh, we'll wrap it up because we have Linda Blair, who we know, uh, the guy who dies that fell down the stairs. I just want to highlight because uh, I know I've talked to a lot of. Listeners who watch Darby O'Gill and the Little People with me oh, <laughs> every year. Shit. He's one of the leprechauns. Uh, oh, get out of here. Jack McGowan's his name. And then um, Jason Miller, of course, Father Karras. I will only bring him up because he is Jason Patrick's uh, stepdad. And Ooh. our boy from class of 1999 and Teen Witch, his last name's Miller. That's his real dad. Get the fuck out yeah. of here. Yep. That's so cool. Yeah. Dude, connections like that are crazy. Also, this Joseph – or this John McGowan, McGowan. – Oh, dude, I mean, born to, born to play a drunk leprechaun. Dude, look at it. If, you if you're at home, just look at his Wikipedia. Like, that is the drunk – he literally has the neck of like, like a cartoon leprechaun <laughs> from like the 50s and 60s. What a guy. Yeah. Um, He's also plays a great drunk in this movie. He is. I mean, I don't know if he's acting. The two, he's not. The two scenes that he's in, just insulting, insulting a German German guy. That had to be improvised. Dude, absolutely. Including when the German guy tries to swing out. <laughs> dude, it's a freaking set. He was probably like, dude, exhausted. Dude, he, he was probably like, 
rip on this fucking German guy. Like, this German guy sucks. Like, fucking rip into him. And then told the German guy, like, nothing. And, like, this guy's just picking on him. On just screaming in his face, calling him a Nazi. Calling him, like, Klaus and shit. <laughs> it's, like, the funniest shit. All right. Um, so there's your cast. Uh... Do we want? Do we want to go through? The movie? Yeah, I guess we have to go through the movie scene by scene. Um, how do you? Well, how do you feel about the uh, opening? Because it's a, it's kind of a cold open of sorts. So we open in northern Iraq yeah. at an archaeological dig, yeah. and it's the first time we see Father Marin. Is that his name, Marin? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. It is an interesting movie, and it is so memorable for me. It's some of the most memorable scenes for me outside of, like, the actual exorcism scenes. Because it was just, like, it was so staggering to visually. Like, all the little things that happened in that. Um, the the uh, Father Marin taking his medicine at the table. Because you're like, what the fuck is going on with Which this Which is guy? important later. Yeah. Um the guy with one eye just staring at him, like, from across the road. That always stood out for me. The clock stopping when he's, like, talking to that guy. Yeah. Like, it really set up this, like, The lady evil. almost running him over. Yeah. Like, it, it, there was these scenes that just... And, like, I'm watching it. And I haven't seen it in years. And I remember these moments from when I was young, seeing it for the first time and being like, it's an unsettling yeah. opening scene. Um, so, I think it's well done in that sense. Agreed. Uh, sometimes it, I feel like it could have been, and this is just me like pick, looking for a criticism because, again, I think this movie is perfect. I think the book, from what I've read, the book explains it a little bit better as to how like this ties in later on in the story because when you just watch this cold open, like, yeah, Marin's already come face-to-face with a Pazuzu statue. Yeah. But how does it get to Reagan, right? But That, yeah. And I, I wish, that, like, if my had one qualm about this, I wish, I wish that was explained more. I guess the book talks about how uh, the entity Pazuzu was, I guess, traveling, and then the Ouija board activated him. Okay. Because, yeah, that was actually one of the things that I noticed also. And, and I have always thought, because it was just like, he brings that thing over, even rewatching it, I was like, maybe I just miss it all the time because I'm an idiot, a distracted idiot. I was like, maybe this time I'll notice why, how Pazuzu brings over the yeah. demon. And no, it's it not doesn't. Because it, it's cool to see that it, Pazuzu exists before your Reagan. Right. Right. But yeah, could have been explained a little yeah. better. Then we go to Georgetown where Reagan and her mom, Chris, live. Remember how big Hoya's gear was in the 90s? Huge. Absolutely huge. Patrick Ewing, baby. That must have been it, right? Yeah. That was the only reason for that? It had to be. Right. Because why else was anyone watching the Georgetown Hoyas? Um, also, what's a Hoya? I mean, I know their logo is a dog. That was like from back in the day when old dudes just named college mascots the weirdest shit. I'm going to look it up right now. That's a good question. <laughs> a fucking Hoya. <laughs> it's probably nothing. What is... A Hoya. By the way, out here in Ybor, they just got fucking roosters running around. They do. Everywhere. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. 
You uh, got you got it. I don't, I think it's a made up thing. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Rumor has it one clever student chanted Hoya Saxa, which translates to what rocks, and the cheer grew, and students began to consistently yell Hoya Saxa. Eventually, Saxa was dropped, and people just yelled Hoya. So, that's dumb as fuck. The Georgetown Hoyas, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we meet Reagan and her mom, <laughs> Chris. Chris is an actress working on a film. Uh, Reagan is her little daughter. I think she's supposed to be 12 in the movie. Um, very sweet family. Dad's away. I don't. I couldn't tell if they were divorced or what that was. Uh, I think so because she says he's in Europe and he doesn't call her on her birthday. And yeah, it's true. The mom's very, very mad. She is very upset about that. She is very upset that. Um, and then, as you mentioned, they play that music when Chris is just walking down the street, right? And it's a great scene and it's amazing. And watching that with that music, you can find a ton of movies that replicate that. And the one that I that stood out to me was, of course, now I can't think of the name of it. Um, House of the Devil. Okay. They kind of do this. And it's like a synth beat. And it's the girl walking home from, like, work at the very beginning of the movie right before it flashes House of the Devil. So I think they actually set up, like, a, a thing here where it's, like, you can play ominous music in this moment of, like, before shit hits the fan. Yeah. And it, like, just gets under your skin. It's, like, ominous. It's very ominous. Yeah. Um. Anyway. And while this is all happening, they're weaving in Father Karras. Yes. Into scenes. He's in the background of scenes. She's walking by. He's viewing her filming scenes in the movie. Um, but we finally meet him. He's a very humble, family-oriented guy taking he's, care of his mom. That That is true. But he's also, uh, I said this is Sean Laws watching it. He, this guy, I say Mopalop on the uh, Mopalop on the show. Uh, this guy is like the king of mopes. <laughs> this guy is king mope. Fucking this guy is unbelievable. King. He's such a mope that later on, like, Father Marin knows what the fuck he's talking about. Everyone knows this. Right. Father Marin shows up and he's all business. And he's like, hey. The only thing you can't do is talk to this fucking thing. It's a fucking asshole. He's just going <laughs> to lie to you. Just don't talk to the fucking demon. And then as soon as Father Marin's like, hey, I got to use the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. Fucking Father Karras goes in and starts fucking crying because the fucking demon's like, your mom sucks cocks. And he's like, you're not my mom. <laughs> you're like, dude, fucking one thing he told you. About. And Father Marin walks in and is like, what did I tell you? And then he dies. <laughs> This thing's a lot, Karis. <laughs> Karis sucks, kind of. Uh, but he's he 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 his character is interesting. I do like it, but he is the biggest mope. Um, Orient. He he likes boxing a lot. He is. Is he in shape? I do. I couldn't tell. Wait, wait. Priest shape? Like, hey. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's a seven, but he's a priest that box. <laughs> He's a six, but he's a priest that box. <laughs> I don't even think I'm doing that meme right. It's like the third time I just said it to Joe tonight. <laughs> fucking hammering it tonight. <laughs> uh, and uh, but Father Karras is having a real tough time with work. 
uh, in the church. And he's like, he talks to his buddy who's a priest. Um, by the way, have you ever seen more priests? The priests per capita in Georgetown must be, they're just wandering around the streets. They just run into each other. I mean, I mean I, I, listen, they have to. It's a Catholic. Oh, okay. They have a seminary there. Yeah, Georgetown. dude. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they there's so many. They're just like bumping into each other. Yeah, that's dude, really there's cool. one at a party later. Have you not like, seen the seminary in Cheshire? Yeah, I've seen it, but I don't see them walking. Dude, around. They, well, no, I dude, see them. They go around. jogging like like the uh, the military, so they don't masturbate. <laughs> that's the rumor. That's, I don't know. Well, listen, that's what buzzes. <laughs> yeah, down okay. okay. <laughs> now uh, that rumor now checks out. <laughs> <laughs> well, Buzz told me, and he said that's what my dad told. Me. How, how old were we? And why? Is, yeah, why is that telling you that? <laughs> Dude, I'd be mad if my dad told me that any age. Dude, if my dad said that to me, I'd be like, get out of my fucking house. <laughs> the fuck are you talking to me about them? What a theory to have. The theory was that they jog and walk everywhere because they they can't masturbate. So, so they have to like get it out of I, I, I mean, I, I mean, running. I, su- I suppose that would make sense. Like... It, to fight temptation of anything, but like, why, why focusing on masturbating? Why telling your, and also, your young child you're that? gonna get home eventually? Yeah, dude, crank one out after a run all the time. Oh wait, <laughs> dude, I'm I'm way more fired up after like a workout. Yeah, you get the testosterone running. Yeah, dude, like it's way worse. <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it. Explains a lot from, about, from about, the, about bus the bus house. family. <laughs> House buzz. House full of idiots. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna have to call. I'm not editing this, so you're gonna have to. Sorry, we're in a fucking hotel. Um, <laughs> all right. So Father Karras is in it. He's a boxer. Um, and he, oh, he's talking to this other priest in town, and he's like, "I think I lost my faith." So Father Karras is kind of not feeling it. And he wants out. Yeah. He wants out. Um, and we'll see later he has a, like a strained relationship with his parents because he chose priesthood. Priesthood. Like they're like, you could have been a fucking doctor. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's important too because like I think he feels guilty like he could have helped his mom more. If he was a doctor. Well, yeah, because she gets fucking locked up into, like, a state institution later, and no one's got any money to help her. Although the dad doesn't help. Like, at least the son's doing something good. But the dad's like, well, if only you had made some fucking money. Is that the dad? I thought, yeah. I figured it was, like, a, the mom's brother or something. No, I think it's the dad. Why isn't the dad living with the mom? What is he doing? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Making pizzas. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was like her brother or something. Yeah, like his uncle. They're very Italian. Um, back to the McNeils, though. McNeil. Reagan McNeil. Uh, Reagan and her mom find a Ouija board. Or mom finds a Ouija board. She's like, have you been using this? Reagan's like, yeah, I've been talking to this fucking guy, Captain Howdy. My kid said that. I'm throwing the fucking Ouija board yeah, out. Yeah, fucking, for sure. Captain Howdy. <laughs> that came out of my kid's mouth. No, it's gone. It's gone. Um, but instead, they play with it. And remember Captain Billy? Speaking, speaking, speaking from of fucking <laughs> Night of the Loomis. <laughs> yeah, Night of the Leapers. Night of the Leapers. 
Loomis. <laughs> Night of the Loomis is at our live show tomorrow. <laughs> the guy causes more fucking destruction. I'm so excited to talk about that again. When I was watching Halloween 2, not to get off track of this, when I was I rewatched Halloween 2 for the live show, I was like, man, that bit we have of talking about how Loomis is actually like the bigger menace in, in the Halloween universe is the most true thing in the fucking world. That guy causes chaos everywhere he fucking yeah. goes. He is such a fucking menace and just fucking ruins everything. 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 Dude. And the second one, it is, he is like, a, like he is fucking insane. The movie opens with him. I mean, we're going to talk about it tomorrow, but. The movie opens with him going up to some guy's door and being like, Aah! and the guy's like, what's going on? And he's like, evil's loose. And then he just runs away. Imagine like somebody comes to your door and says that and runs away. I mean, in the first movie, this says the cop all the time. He's like, if you don't find this man, everybody's going to die. Like, what are you telling me? <laughs> God. It's funny because in the second one, a cop is like, this is all your fault. And he's like, no, it's not. All he says is, no, it's not. <laughs> no, I think it is. <laughs> right, anyway, um, so they're talking to Captain Audi. Um, also, Chris thinks that there's rats in the ceiling, but there's not. And Reagan is now telling uh, Chris that her bed is shaking. So that's that. Also, Chris goes to look for those rats that she thinks are in the ceiling. Listen, psycho move. The psycho move, brave. Those sounds weren't animals. (laughs) (laughs) You are an adult. (laughs) I would be out of there very quickly. I would call the police and be like, there's a a man inside my house. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And also, like, I know when the man opens, like, the maitre d' that's in the house, the German guy, when he opens the thing, mm-hmm. it causes, like, a draft. But the, the candle that she's holding, the flame, like, blows up. Yeah. It's not from the draft. Like, no, it's the demon. Yeah, I know, but, like, why is she, like, oh, oh it's no, just you. dude, that would be, that would be crazy to see. It <laughs> <laughs> would be insane. Um, after that, we go, we, she takes Reagan to the doctors because of these things that she's dealing with. Um, one thing that people have noted about like how the exorcist holds up is the medical diagnosis for Reagan, which they are insane. And she's like, they were talking about how at the 20, even at the 25th one, cause that was a big release that you're talking about cause they re-released it on home video and in theaters. And at the 25th anniversary, when the whenever the doctors like prescribed something or said something to Chris, like the audience laughed because yeah. they were like, "This fucking psychot- <laughs> This is the craziest shit we've ever heard." Because the doctors like, the, she goes to the doctor. She, oh. oh, she starts screaming at the doctor. Suddenly, she's just like saying the most insane stuff to him. Um, and then the doctor's like, "Yeah, just this nerve disorder. Just give her Ritalin." <laughs> and Chris is like should I take her to a therapist? And he's like, no, why would you do that? Just give her the medicine. He's like, so like, why? No, that's insane. (laughs) Why would you fucking do that? (laughs) Which is fucking amazing. Uh, But Reagan is acting bizarre. When he's like saying, can you feel this? She's like giving her the reaction test. And she's like, I don't feel anything. (laughs) And then, and then what is, oh, she, he goes outside. Oh, disorder of the nerves is what he calls it. Um, 
And then the doctor's like, <laughs> she said something like really fucking bad to me. And Chris is like, what? And he's like, I don't know if I should even say it out loud. And he was right because what he what she said to him was, "Keep your fingers away from my goddamn cunt." <laughs> That's fucking nuts. That's fucking the craziest thing. How did this movie get passed through? He did. I don't know. Seventy. What was it? Seventy one. Seventy three. Seventy three. Like like the crucifix scene alone. Dude, that seems fucking... How, how did the MPA okay that? <laughs> no. Also, they keep calling it masturbation in that scene. That's not masturbation. No, that, that's a stabbing. <laughs> yeah. Self-mutilation. It's fucking crazy. I, I had a quote in here from when they were casting... William Freakin's a little out of pocket with everything he does. I also find it. But basically, Reagan... Fuck, I wish I could find it. Um, but when he was casting Reagan, he, like, talked to her and was like, hey. Oh, here it is. I found it. <laughs> he He was questioning her, and he's like, did you read the book? And she was like, yeah. And he's like, what's it about? And she was like, um a girl that gets possessed by the devil and does a bunch of bad things. And he's like, what does that mean? And she's like, she pushes a man out of a bedroom window and she hits her mother across the face and she masturbates with a crucifix. Friedkin then asked Linda if she knew what masturbation meant. Okay. That's a little out of pocket. And she says, yeah, it's like jerking off, isn't it? <laughs> and she giggled a little bit. And then he asked, I mean, Joe's face right now. He's like turning the corner on Friedkin. He said, have you ever done that? <laughs> and she said, sure, haven't you? God. And the worst part about that is like Friedkin probably told that gleefully. It's like, oh, this is, this is all the conversation Classic little kids. Yeah. Kids say the darndest things, <laughs> don't they? Insane. Um, but yeah, no, they, they call that scene masturbation. And I almost wonder if they say that to like, if that's how they got it by the MPAA instead of like mutilation. I mean, the MPAA <laughs> has eyes, <laughs> but have they ever masturbated? <laughs> <laughs> You're really counting on them to have never mastered. Imagine them in the room being like, I don't know, maybe that is how they do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the problem is that they just don't know how women masturbate. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, make, makes sense. <laughs> hey. That's what those dildos are for. <laughs> They're just so oblivious. All right, I guess we buy it. There's fucking blood everywhere, but... Uh, they do bleed. They do do that, so maybe that's... Perhaps that's what happened here. Um, yeah, no, no. Fucking insane. And I also read a thing where, like, some cast member was, like, had to show free kit... He was like, this is how, <laughs> dude, this makes no sense for this scene. And also he claims this, the masturbation scene, there's like five extra minutes that they like cut out of it. <laughs> if you don't have the video version on Patreon, please watch it. Joe's face. It's because, I mean, this is like freaking MO because he made that yeah. movie Cruisin' with Al Pacino. Yeah. Uh, supposedly there's like a five minute fisting scene that was <laughs> cut out. <laughs> so she's like masturbating for like five minutes. But apparently somebody on set was like, that's not how women masturbate. 
and like give gave Friedkin like a, a course on how women masturbate. And they were like, it's more like this. And then, by the way, this is what's in the fucking movie. So I don't know who told them that. The MPAA. <laughs> it's like, this That's is, not how my yeah. wife does it. <laughs> anyway. Um, the director of the movie that Chris is in is the guy that's played by uh, Jack McGowan. Burke is his name. He's the one directing the film yes. with her. We cut to her party where he's there, and he is obscene. He, you see him first, and he says, "There's an there. There seems to be an alien pubic hair in my gin." I don't even understand that. No, <laughs> that means not a joke. <laughs> um, and of course, there's a priest at the party because uh, there's just priests everywhere. And the the drunk guy just keeps calling guys Nazis and like okay cloths. And uh and then of course, as all parties were in like the sixties and seventies, some random dickhead gets on a piano and everyone sings a song with him. And it's some old timey song. It's an old timey song. And and also that song breaks out, like I know you said that he calls the German man a Nazi. Uh yeah. that doesn't do it justice. He says, You cunting hun, you bloody damn butchering Nazi pig. And he screams it in his face and it gets choked out by him. And then they all break out in the song. <laughs> Including that guy. <laughs> it's fucking insane. <laughs> Imagine somebody saying that at a party. Just bringing the vibes down. Cunting hun. Uh, that party is quickly interrupted by Reagan, though, who pisses um, <laughs> on the floor and announces that you're going to die going up there. To, to, an, to an astronaut. Yeah. To an astronaut. I mean, the pissing on the floor, like, the, the scene honestly unsettles me. And, and I think also Exorcist kind of, I should have said it before, Exorcist kind of hits more as a parent. Oh, yeah. Watching this with Reagan now because you're like, what? Like, like the mom, the mom in this movie, it's it's very clear. Like she's not a villain. She wants no. to get Reagan help. She wants to do what's best. She wants medical. Like she doesn't know what's going on. Nobody knows what's going on. Like it must be terrifying for the mom. And like I don't know, I don't know. The this piss scene just like always gets to me. Like just walk because oh yeah, it's not as like obscene as what's about to happen. Right, right? but it's just it's like it's a something is very undertone. Yeah. yeah, and and like you're saying, Chris is a mom like. Chris never settles for what anybody tells her in this. Yeah. Like anytime a doctor's like, it's this, she's like, are you fucking sure? Because this is nuts. Yeah. Like, this is not that she's desperate. And it escalates yeah. more and more, which they're giving her better answers to an extent, but she's like, it's not fucking that you fucking idiots. Yes. Like get a fucking grip. Um, and that's frustrating as a parent, especially because we've all dealt with doctors no offense to the fucking science community and the doctor community. Sometimes they're fucking morons. Like they really fucking are. They sometimes they give you the shittiest fucking. They're like, yeah, hey, just do the okay. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like, I just told you what was wrong. And then it's always what you said, and they're like, "Ooh, that's weird." No, it's not. I told you that the first time I fucking called you. Fucking dipshit. Um. Anyway, so. That night, Chris goes in to check on Reagan because she hears some noises, and she actually sees the bed shaking. Bed is fucking moving. Yep. Um, we get some scenes with Father Karras dealing with grief. His mother's passed away now at this point. 
Um, also some Demi. <laughs> some <laughs> some scenes of Reagan acting just way out of pocket. Just we get a few of those scenes together. You know what? Uh, you see Karis nightmares like the mom at the subway mm-hmm. just walking down and. I don't know. It, it's not. It has nothing to do with like the devil or no. the possession. But something about it's just like so haunting. Like, or does it? Because he's also he sees things that he will see later. Like he sees the necklace dropping. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is the devil. I mean, it's all connected. Yeah. Um, you know what's more insane? The most insane thing in this movie is when Chris is talking to a doctor who's smoking a cigarette in a hospital, which isn't the craziest part, but he's 10 inches away from her face talking while smoke is coming out of his mouth (laughs) in her fucking face. And she doesn't punch him in the fucking mouth for doing that. That was a time. Listen, non-smoking in public places is is a very recent history. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Dude, like 10 inches from your face telling you bad news and smoke's just coming (laughs) out into your own face. I mean, do you you remember the restaurants in Cheshire? Oh, yeah, it was was crazy. The waitresses could, like, smoke while while taking your order. It was wild. (laughs) It was nuts. Which, like, like, (laughs) I know people were were mad being like, I thought this was America, right? (laughs) When you think about it. (laughs) It's <laughs> a fucking disrespectful. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't fucking not smoke while you're talking to me for two seconds. You can't take fucking... Blow it all over my you food. You can't take a second out of your day. <laughs> it's also like that video that's like resurfaced of people like reacting to like, you can't drink beer while you drive your car. And they're like, this is fucking bullshit. I just need a beer on the road. <laughs> yeah, no, the cigarette stuff was fucking wild. Um, anyway, uh, they end up bringing Reagan in for surgery. We already kind of talked about that because they think there's a legion on her brain. They think that's what's causing everything. Yeah. So they do this giant x-ray, which does all this shit. Dude, uh, a lumbar tap? Fucking wild. Yeah. Um, that of course shows nothing. So then the doctors end up showing it back up at the house for an emergency call. Um, and a, uh, an iconic moment of Reagan being absolutely mauled in her bed, being thrown up from the waist, like hinging at it's the where waist. where she gets hurt, right? Yeah, it's where she hurt her back, broke her, fu- hurt her back, broke her fucking bones. <laughs> it's not hurting your fucking back. It's fucking a problem. Um, jerking her up and down. Um, and that line, keep away, the sow is mine. Fuck me, fuck me. To a fucking, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, but it's fucking nuts. I don't even know how you write that. The yeah. sow is mine. Yeah, that demon is uh not very nice. That demon is horny as fuck, man. It's, it's a child. <laughs> well, it's not. I mean, the demon's in there. Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. Yeah, that's what he's doing it. Demon's horny. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the demon's horny. No, I get that. <laughs> It's not his problem. The vessel's a different age. <laughs> I'm sure you would have. Why, sure why, why, why are you defending the demon? Like, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure the demon had other preferred vessels he could have taken. But this is where he ended up. Right. She called Captain Howdy. It's not the gay's fault. It's not Pazuzu's fault. He, did, he does say he wants Karis. Free Pazuzu. Uh, he does want Karis, which is weird. Which uh, is weird, because wouldn't he want Merit? 
Marin. Wouldn't you just want somebody cool? Well, he's like already come face to face with Marin. Like, yeah. shouldn't it be like a revenge tale for Pazuzu? That's what I thought. That's What's this fucking beef with Karis? This. What I want to know too is like these demons are just fucking little dickheads, right? Like, I think this this demon is interesting. This demon has personality, which I think is lacking in most exorcism movies that you see. This yes. demon is a fleshed out personality. It it is very horny, but it's also like it's fucking weird. It's got its own per like quirks yeah. to it. Like it lies a lot. It 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 does. It it says it's the devil, but it's not. You right. know what I mean? Like I think that's actually like super interesting with this demon. Like and like I wish there was like an expanded universe of that where it's like these fucking demons are like it's not the devil. Like a lot of people think the exorcist is she's possessed by the devil, but it's this fucking little weird little demon that's just like, I'm the devil. And then they're like, no, you're not. And he's like, oh, whoops. Yeah, you're right. Dude, it's like Beetlejuice, right? Yeah, yeah, it kind of is. It kind of it's is. It's an obnoxious. Like, if Beetlejuice was more foul mouth, yes, it would be dude, Pazuzu. The, the, he, the fucking Karis throws tap water on him and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, so that's the other thing. Like, the Exorcist, it, it's such a thin line because. It would have been so easy for this movie to turn goofy, right? And there's yeah. probably people out there that do think it's goofy, but it's it treads such thin water because it does do. It's like almost slapstick how yeah. it, how it reacts to to it being on there. Oh and yeah, the things that it's saying. Oh yeah, dude. Some of the no dude when it's laying. That's like, like, there's shit that, like, you can't help but, like, fucking laugh a little bit about. Dude, Marin is giving the performance of his fucking life, being like, just doing the, the Our Father, and, and it's just this it, tense moment, and Reagan's just like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, doing that with the tongue, and just like, fuck him, fuck him! Like, it's fucking wild, he's just a little fucking asshole, this demon, like, he's such a little piece of shit. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good way to look at it, yeah. Um, it's fucking nutty. Uh, all right, so uh, that's that Reagan moment. Um, writhing in pain, the the white eyes, slapping the doctor. Yeah. Um, we should. Pro I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We should probably say this in the beginning. You know, it's based off a true exorcism. That yes. Glad you saw. Yes, I did know. Uh, did you read up on that I one? Did not. Much like some of the ADAT cases. Uh, questionable uh, i'm not i'm not people can make their own judgment uh it's not true <laughs> yeah for sure for sure um by the way the doctor and his mentor witnessed this uh you would be like this girl needs help outside of our thing yeah never bring her back here again. Yeah, yeah instead they go out and they're like I think she's just acting up. She's she's just acting crazy. And the mom's like, what the fuck are you saying? And he's like, oh, maybe you have drugs in the house that she took. And the mom's like, I do not have drugs in the house. Yeah. Like, they're, they are they are fucking out of control. Uh, listen, in their but, defense, in their defense. Who's going to think? They can't, di they can't diagnose anything. And that girl is out of her fucking mind. And actually, the fact that they even are, like, e the fact that one of them even pitches the exorcism to Chris is kind of fucking nuts. Like, listen. I agree. Like, that they came from them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, 
<laughs> Maybe an exorcism's in the book. Science is working. I actually did like the way they set that up where they were like, listen, we don't believe in possession, but like if she believes in possession, yes. she could have gotten herself into that. Yes. So an exorcism might make her think like an exorcism isn't real, but it might get her out of that yes. state, which I thought was like actually like kind of a cool concept. Agreed. Which is also funny because they're like exorcisms are extremely hard yes. to get approved. And then they just immediately get approved. And that also is the case in real life because you read about it. It's like, it can never happen. The fucking house down the street from me that we covered in Ada and Southington, the haunting in Yo, Connecticut. Yeah. They got an exorcism for that house. That was my favorite part of this. When they go to Father Karras about the exorcism, he's like, don't do it. It's going to cause more trouble. And it, it's a whole process. And then <laughs> the process was he went to the like his church and was like, uh, they want an exorcism. And they were like, well, what do you think? And he was like, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty much it. They were like, why don't you do it for good measure? Yeah. And like, that was, he honestly is like, I don't know whether it's real or not. And they were like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Worth that's, the shot. That's, that's it. And, and I don't know if he said it before. Like, he, he specializes in psychology. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. He, he, like Karis does. Karis does. He works with with people in that. Um, so that's why maybe his word holds more weight, but still, that that was not a painful <laughs> process. Very, by- yeah. And I guess that is where it differs a lot with the book, and that's where a lot of people took exception with, uh, and the churches took exception with it, where they were like, they made it seem like getting an exorcism was very easily. <laughs> Which why are churches even acknowledging that? I mean, also. It, it's a movie. Like yeah. You, you, you got to fucking speed it up a little bit. Dude, there was one, dude, there was one quote that was, oh my God. Somebody was like, this movie was so unreal. Hey, guy, we know it's unrealistic. It's a fucking movie about the devil possessing some or demon possessing some. Of course it's unrealistic, you fucking dumb shit. Some critic. It was like, yeah, what a hack. This isn't real. Okay. Yeah, we know. Fucking dipshit. Um, Anyway, so the doctors pitch uh, doing the exorcism. Uh, oh, also we learned that the director, Burke, was found dead on the stairwell outside the house with his n- head spun all the way around. Yes. Not great. Yeah, and they talked and they say, um, could that have happened from the fall? And of, of course, our, our guy, what's his name, Kinderman? Kinderman. Kinderman's like, it could but it probably didn't, but it might have. Dude, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. Falling down would twist your head on. And his response is like, just give it to Finn. Like, isn't that what your forensics are for? Like, no, that's, it didn't happen from the fall. It happened beforehand. I, mean, I think you could know that. But his answer is just like, it wasn't, but it could have been, but it yeah. might have been. Like, come on, Kinderman. It's so bizarre. Um uh, so the doctors pitch Reagan should go to a, do maybe do an exorcism, which Chris is like, I don't know, uh, until she comes home and finds Reagan uh, masturbating with the the crucifix, um, and then shoving the mom's face in her fucking vagina. That actually, so that's not shoving the face in the bloody vagina might be worse than watching her. Oh, stab herself. It's so obscene dude, to film that dude it's obscene and what's what what kills that scene is that 
crisp the mom pulling away and having the blood, the blood on her, her mouth face. just like crying to, in, in like agony for her daughter yeah like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah that is insane that is insane um and, and and the spinning head for the first time yeah um she tearfully asks Karis to do the exorcism who explains why it's a bad idea and the movie pace is like really interesting in this because we haven't seen a ton and you're at about an hour and a half in right now and you like the 30 minutes the last 30 minutes are just like it, it gives, boom. it's yeah it's awesome but like it also does not go by slow the beginning like it's it's a no. really well paced movie no and it has those different storylines that you get invested in it, yeah they did it well and megan's or reagan's makeup is nuts yeah yeah who did the makeup on this did you get the name it was just a makeup artist like it, i think it was like a single makeup artist um it wasn't like anyone that I, that I was aware of, famously, if you will. Uh, Smith, the makeup artist. I I just got a last name, I guess. Smith. Marcel Vercoteur. So I don't know who Smith is. <laughs> <laughs> with apologies to smith with apologies to smith um karis goes to visit reagan for the first time such a good scene uh your mother is in here with us karis uh would you like to leave a message which i think is like the most diabolical thing to say yeah um and then vomits the green slime yeah all over him. And Karis being like, oh, yeah, well, what's my mom's maiden name? Yeah, dude, he always, dude, he, he thinks he's got like this demon like figured out. He's like, yeah, what about this? Like, he's like, well, if you're the devil, why don't you just get rid of these restraints? And like, Reagan's like, it's a vulgar display of power, yeah. which I think is fucking. It's a badass line. Yeah. It's a badass line. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, shuts down Karis. Like, yeah, you know. What I, mean? Yeah, I mean, actually, it, it it explains any loophole because because it's moving furniture and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, it's doing whatever, dude. It's opening drawers in front of Karis, and Karis was like, "Was that you?" <laughs> <laughs> that scene is so stupid. Karis is such a fucking mopey idiot. <laughs> Did you do that? <laughs> and she's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Well, why don't you do it again, dude?" She opened a fucking drawer in front of him. You don't need to any more proof. What more do you need her to do? And she's like, "No, like, why do you need more proof once you got vomited on by that fucking dude, green pea shit?" <laughs> also, just, no, actually, what are we saying? Look at her fucking face, dude. Her entire she, face is transformed, and it's like chapped. She's a monster. <laughs> she's a fucking monster. At Asking this point. if she's possessed at this point. Just fucking show someone her. The self harm she's inflicted on herself. I I read about the makeup for it, and I actually think it's super interesting. So the woman that did the makeup, or man, I don't remember actually. Um, they wanted the. She was like, I wanted the wounds. Here she wanted the wounds to look. Like, you couldn't tell whether it was self-inflicted and now, like, necrotic and rotting mm. and infected or if it was something more uh, sinister. sinister and yeah. evil about it. And I was like, oh, that's, like, really that's cool because, like, you can't you can't tell. Like, it is, like, I always thought it was self-inflicted and, like, rotting and stuff. But, like, to think of it, like, 
Yeah, like it hold it like suspends that like what the fuck is this? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And that was her decision. That wasn't like directed by anyone. So I think that's really cool. Anyway, uh they asked Karis to do it. Karis is like, hey, I'll do more harm than good if I exercise this girl. And fucking Chris is like, hey, asshole. Uh I don't think things can get worse <laughs> than right now. <laughs> Which was Karis gets put in his spot more times by all the people around him. It's so fucking especially when Marin shows up. Marin just shuts this guy down constantly. Cause this fucking mope is like, wouldn't you like to know the whole story? Dude, he does that twice. Yes. He does that twice. And Marin's like, shut the fuck up. I don't give a fuck. Dude. Wait, what isn't Marin's response just like, why would I? Yeah, he goes, he goes, don't you want to know the backstory? And Marin goes, why? <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the scene. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, and then they go up in the room and like we were just saying, wouldn't you just look at Ray? You don't. That's and, all you need. Do, yeah, that's all you need to know. She's fucking possessed. Like, I think I should tell you what the the demon's been saying. And Marin's like, we don't have fucking time for that. <laughs> Either she's possessed or she's not. And I'm gonna go do the rites to of an exorcism, and we're gonna get rid of it. Like, there's yeah. no, no reason I need the story. The fuck is that noise? There, there. Yeah. yeah. Did just kick on? Yeah. I think Weird. So. Um. Uh, and then it, he walks in and, uh, Reagan's like, what a wonderful day for an exorcism, which is another great, great line. One. Great line. And, uh, he says, wouldn't that drive you out of Reagan? And he said, it would bring us together. Yes. You and us, which I think is fucking awesome. Yes. So cares gets the approval from the church. They decide to use Lancaster merit as the exorcist. Uh, he was the archaeologist that we met at the beginning of the movie. He had done a previous exorcism in Kenya that almost killed him. So, of course, naturally, let's send him in to do this one also. And we know he has heart problems. He, we know he takes he, heart pills, they, heart medication. They say all of this when they're talking. <laughs> they're, like, weighing out whether they should use him or not. And they're like, well, he almost died. He's sick. And uh, he's really just trying to take it easy right now in the woods of Woodstock. And they're like, yeah, just call him up <laughs> fucking drag his ass down to georgetown and fucking have him do another one um anyway uh so Marin is great and he shows up and he's he tells karis to get all the supplies and karis is like do you want to get the background first he says why uh and then the exorcist begins the exorcism begins I actually don't have a lot of notes here because this this scene is just to be watched. There yeah. is it is a full exorcism. Yeah. Like it is the whole process and it is not boring at all. It's amazing. No. Yeah. But it is it's not something you're going to what am I going to be like? Then they say this and then they do it our father. <laughs> I mean the acting the acting is next level. Like uh, Max von Sydow is so stoic uh, like we've said like he is business, nothing's deterring him and you know, uh, Miller, I keep forgetting his first name, Jason. Yeah. Jason Miller, he really plays the part of somebody who's struggling with his faith and like yes. trying to come to terms with like what he's seeing. And yes. it's so believable. Those, those two guys are so believable that you just feel like you're actually watching an exorcism. Yes. And Linda Blair, I know it's not her voice, but like her body reactions and like yep. the twitching, everything is just absolutely perfect. So. And, and yeah, and Karis is really having trouble and like, it's it's even frustrating to watch. Like you it get, is. You get frustrated with Karis because Marin is just fucking hammering this exorcism out, and then it gets to Karis's line, and he freezes. Yeah. And he's just staring because Reagan is 
floating above a fucking bed. A human being is floating in the air. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? fuck? I love this movie. Yeah, it's so fucking good. And he can't speak because who fucking could (laughs) sing this for the first time? Yes. You would lose your mind. You'd be like, this is unreal. This is next level. Um, So, yeah, it's really great to see that. And, 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 and that balance between Marin and Karis. Yeah, I mean, uh, Marin sends him out of the room. He's like, go get a fucking grip. <laughs> yeah, and that is when Marin dies. Well, it was so right before that, Marin goes, he needs to go take a piss. Uh, well, yeah, Marin, they both take a break because they've just been vomited on like five times. <laughs> It's a fucking disaster. Dude, that, that room, that room must stink. fucking yeah, rig, dude. It's fucking stink. You gotta, you can't spend too long. <laughs> you, can't, <laughs> you can't spend too long in there. You gotta go take a breather. So they take a breather, and that's when Marin goes to the bathroom to take his medicine because he's actually having a really hard time with this. And that's when also, another great acting scene. Like it's such yeah. like a throwaway scene, but he like his hands because he's oh. so he's so stoic and like. By the way, like, like yeah. he is going, he's determined he's going to get this done. But then he takes that break, and, like, you see that this man's fucking terrified. Yeah. Like, his hands will not oh, stop yeah. shaking. No, that's actually a great point because, yeah, at the, at the beginning, he's like, we're doing, like, like, they even ask him, like, do you need rest? Because he, like, flew in or whatever. And he's like, we got to do this. Like, yeah. we have to do this right now. Like, let's just fucking do it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a good point. And then, so then that's when Karis goes into the room and, gets into a fight with the fucking demon who's yeah, so, talking so, shit. So, 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 next man's side, uh, Marin, Marin dies. He has yeah. a heart attack. And then Karis returns, sees him dead. And just, you know what? The shit out I, of- you know what? The most realistic part of this movie so far, because at some point... You just punch fucking Linda Blair like, in the fucking face. What am I looking at? What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like this is not a human. This thing is insulting my dead mother. <laughs> this thing is using throwing my dead mother's voice somehow and saying shit to me with my mom's voice. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it deserves a punch in the face. It really does. And he does. And he beats the shit out of it. And then uh, he's just yelling, "Take me, take me!" He got his faith back, man. He believes. He believes that uh, he can overcome it. And the demon does. It, it jumps from Reagan to Karis. And the special effects here, dude. Are great. When it, like, because it, it goes from Karis' is like real face to kind of possessed, to full out possessed, back to kind of possessed. Like, yeah, it's, yeah a, it's fucking awesome. It's really cool. Also, I do want to mention my favorite Reagan possessed line is. <laughs> Stick your motherfucking cock up my ass, you <laughs> cocksucker. <laughs> Who the fuck wrote that? <laughs> Mental. <laughs> um, that's fucking crazy. Um, but yes, so it jumps into Karis, and Karis jumps out a window. Yeah, yeah, he, he gets fully possessed, but then fights it long enough. To overcome it and throws himself from that same window that old drunk Irishman <laughs> was thrown from. Yep, and uh, that's 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 uh, that's that. That's Father Dyer shows up. We watch the- him like bounce down those stairs. Yeah, dude. Dude, the, honestly, when Father Dyer shows up, it kind of like breaks my heart. Like, there's the, something like so. Well, actually, that guy's a great actor too because he's so yeah. sad that his friend's dying and like he holds his hand and asks if he wants to make any confessions. Gives him the gives last rights. Yeah. yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah. And like Karis, to a guy that's clearly dead. Uh, no, he's still alive, dude, because his fingers are moving. Oh my god! 
So he's like, he's just like dying a blunt force trauma. Like you're watching a man die a blunt force trauma, which is like you don't need to see in a movie. It's honestly very heartbreaking. I actually hate that. I actually hate <laughs> the that. The blood is spilling from his face. He's just twitching his fingers. Oh, I hate that so much. Now those are the stairs of the Joker too, right? Or like similar area? Uh, I I don't know if it's the same, but I think it was. They're both in the same area. Same area, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Paul's fucking punching the air right now. Dude, he's just Actually, those stairs are... He has a picture on those stairs. <laughs> for the exorcist? The exorcist. Or the Joker. Okay. The yeah. I just want to see Paul doing the Joker dance Joker down the stairs. I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Paul there just to get that picture. Uh, his brother, uh, I don't think, lives too far. Oh, there you go. Giving all Paul's family's personal information. Well, I hope Paul doesn't listen to this episode because he's just going to fucking correct everything we say. Um, he's like, you actually... <laughs> Pazoopy. <laughs> Pazoopy. Father Dyer gives him his last rites, uh, and then... Oh, I didn't plug in my fucking laptop, so ooh, I should probably do that real quick. Good radio content. Uh, all right. Father Dyer gives the last rites. Um, and then he, uh, you know, a few days later, the McNeils are like, we're out of here. Father Dyer sees them off. Little Reagan gives him a kiss of appreciation. Even though she doesn't remember anything. Even though she doesn't remember anything. But there's something in her eyes saying. Because mm, like, she sees the psychic she, fucking power. She sees the priest collar and is like, I know this is goodness and like gives him a kiss. Um, and then in the director's cut, well, in the end of this, Reagan's mom gives him the necklace of Father Karras that, that got ripped off by Reagan. And in the director's cut, he gives it back to her and then turns and then the cops there. And then they're like, boy, what a wild adventure. <laughs> And then leave and then, and then let me tell you about my best friend, please, as, as they walk Let out. me tell you about my best friend. Uh, and that's that's The Exorcist. Yeah. Man. I didn't think we'd be able to talk about The Exorcist, and we fucking did. Why, why, why didn't you? I don't know. Just like I, I still sometimes get in that mindset of... Uh, Dude, we're good now. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know. We can talk about any movie, right? Um, but uh, it is good. It was good. Uh, Would would you recommend it? I would recommend (laughs) it. One of the best movies of all time. (laughs) So what do you think? Would you recommend it or not? Um, And we're trying to actually burn it in here in the screen. Yeah. We've been hours. Since like 2 p.m. since we got here. It's been here. So The Exorcist, I'm going to burn that into their LCD screen. What an iconic shot. Yeah, and I guess that was the way it was written in the book. The shot we're talking about, by the way, if you're not watching the video version, is Max von Sydow sitting, standing outside the lamppost, outside the house, looking up. Oh, all the, the fog. Yeah, at the fog and the windows. Um, and it was a really hard shot for them to get, but it was dead on. Like, this is what I love. Freakin read the book and was like, somehow picked that moment out and was like, I need to recreate this exactly the way it's written in the book. Yeah. And it's like, if you read the dialogue from the, or the, that segment from the book, it's like, 
they describe him as a traveler showing up for the first time and like yeah it's fucking crazy yeah it's really cool and it took him a while to get all the lighting and stuff down and yeah it's a cool shot and then they ended up using like that's in the movie and then they just took the frame and used it for every piece of marketing yeah which is crazy yeah i mean you can't use anything reagan's face (laughs) (laughs) can't sell shit with a mug like that did uh freaking freaking I, I, sometimes you hear these stories, right, from all these classic movies, and you're like, yeah, yeah that's a good story in hindsight, but there's no way it actually happened like yeah. this. But, like, I want to believe it happened like this so badly. Apparently, Freakin' had, like, a bunch of people over for dinner, and then as the food was getting ready, he read the first three pages of The Exorcist. It was like, everybody get the fuck out of my house. Like, oh. <laughs> I have to finish reading this book. No, that, that, I read that story too. Yeah. He was like at a big dinner party. Yeah, I read that same thing. Yeah. He was like, it claims he was captivated by it. I just don't buy that the first three pages of The Exorcist are that captivated. There's, there's absolutely no way. Like, you can read the back blurb and get the same gist, right? It's like when uh, Stanley Kubrick. I mean, maybe maybe there's something in like these directors, like genius yeah. directors' brains, because Stanley Kubrick read the first like ten pages, or maybe it was the first chapter of The Shining, and then called Stephen King and was like, "I need to make this movie." And Stephen King was like, "This book starts off like shit. Like nobody. <laughs> this book is like my my worst start of any story." <laughs> is that they, they must just get a vibe from it or something? But I I don't know. I also think Freakin might have just been like, "I'm gonna get out of this dinner." Oh, uh, you, you know what? No, now I, now I'm a hundred percent on board that this happened because I would I would totally do it. Yeah, and then, but then you're like forced to read the book because your wife is there and it's like <laughs> and you it's, just kicked out all of our friends and you're like yeah yeah it's for this book and then you actually you have to actually like, read it and then you're like oh wait this is God. good. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably what happened, <laughs> dude. Imagine just kicking every one of your friends out for a book. <laughs> I'm going to do that next, next 4th of July party. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> everyone get out. We've got a book to read. Well, that's that, guys. Uh, we still have a uh, contest going on. Um, so send us, speaking of The Exorcist, because we got our three Exorcist movies this month. All three. We're doing number two. We've done the third one on the show, right? I don't know. The one with the scissors? I th- yes, I know what the third one is. But I don't no, know. is that the one with the scissors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, then yeah. we did that. Because that was the only time uh, I watched did, did we, it. Are you serious? Yeah. Was it for the part threes then? Because maybe we just brushed through it. I don't think we did a full episode. Oh, I think we did do a full episode. But you know, maybe we're on Spotify, so we can Google. It might have been it might have been the uh it might have been the um what am I saying? It might have, <laughs> it might have been. I don't know, dude. No, it might, it might have been the threes. Is what I was trying to say. Uh, okay, so The Exorcist 4K is available. It's turning fifty, celebrating its fiftieth anniversary. The Exorcist remains yeah. one of the greatest thrillers ever. The film that changed the way the genre is defined is now available in stunning 4K. Look for The Exorcist on 4K Ultra HD. And our friends over at Warner Brothers have given us uh, some codes. They, we've got 10 digital The Exorcist on 4K movie download codes. Oh, no, it says right there. Um, that we can give away to you guys. 
Um, so send us your favorite exorcist moments or memories of watching it or mm. first time you saw it and we'll give away those codes to you guys. So there's that. Uh, WarnerBrothers.com forward slash movies forward slash exorcist or Facebook.com forward slash the exorcist dot official. Um, so take a look there and we have all the information on our Instagram if you want to take a look there and submit it to Sean at I hate horror.com. Email me those uh, memories and You'll be entered to win. Okay. What else? That's it. We're doing the live show. Adios. Adios. <laughs> uh, that's it, everyone. Thank you all so much. Thank you to Joe. Thank you all for listening. For Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. <laughs> Thank you. Adios. Oh, no. How do I end this? Movies all fucking day. I want to play. Fucking zombie getting sliced and diced.